plan. Are you ready? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. And I want us to read. We're going we're gonna to get in and we're going to read the word of God tonight. Did I give you guys my PowerPoint tonight? Did I? Oh, they're working on it. Okay. I heard somebody say no. No, they didn't get it. Yeah, we're going to understanding God's plan. How about that? Let's take a look at that. Genesis chapter 3. We're just going to, I'm going to have you just read through. Let's just read through verses 1 through 12 and, uh, and just follow along with her. If you didn't bring your Bible and you got somebody next to you or they, they can look on, just have them look on with you. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, God has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the, free, the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The King James Version says that you'll be as gods. Do you know what? In verse 5, God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. In other words, God has knowledge. We can see the, the enemy, the, the, the devil, Satan, coming against Eve with the fact of knowledge. He was saying, did God really say? Did he say? So obviously there was a conversation that was taking place in the garden where God was having a conversation with Adam and Eve and Satan must have been listening. Otherwise, he wouldn't have known what God had said unless he was in the, the, the range of being able to, to hear God's voice. So obviously he was listening to what was taking place at that time. Let's look at verse 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. So look at verse 8 real quick. It says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. In other words, this wasn't the first time that God walked in the garden in the cool of the day and they heard the sound of God doing that. Obviously, before he had walked in the garden in the cool of the day, and they were able to hear him do that. How do I know that? Because it said, verse 9, then the Lord God called the man, and he said to him, where are you? And verse 10, he says, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. God, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. Now, in the garden, there was a lot of other animals in the garden. Hello? So there had to have been a certain sound that he was able to hear as God walked in the garden. So we begin to see how Adam and Eve broke their relationship with God. 
Here's some points that I, that I want to give you. They broke their relationship with God. I want you to advance that next slide for me. Let's take a look at these. If we're going to understand God's plan, we've got to first see what has taken place with the relationship that they have with God. So the first thing, they became convinced that their way was better than God's way. They became convinced that their way was better than God's way. Because the enemy attacked knowledge, are you with me? The devil attacked knowledge. He questioned them on knowledge. Did God really say that if you eat from this, that you will be like God or become as God? So he tacked them with the knowledge. And they became convinced that their way was better than God's way. Can I break this down tonight for you? Are there times where we're convinced that we, the way that we want to do it, is better than the way God wants to do it? Can we be real tonight? When I, when I began to meditate on this and I thought, God, that's me. I, I, I can figure this out, God, better than you. I got religion all figured out. Are you with me? <laughs> I got God all figured out. He's in a box. We got him right in there. As long as he stays in there, we're good. There's another thing that they did is they became self-conscious and they hid. Didn't they? They were naked. He said, how you know you were naked? How did you know you were naked? So they, they hid. So what happens sometimes when we mess up, don't we want to hide? See, the enemy wants you to hide. He wants you to think you got it figured out, and God has probably just made a small mistake. Not a big one, but just a little small one. And then you become self-conscious, and then you begin to hide. Say hide. You begin to hide. What do we do? We hide. We are, you aren't hiding from God, y'all. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking how Adam and Eve, were they, were they, oh, here comes God. I can hear him. Shh, get back over there. <laughs> My little grandson sometimes will we'll, we'll throw a blanket over us, you know, and, and, and we'll hide. He'll go, let's hide, let's hide, let's hide. And we hide. You know, and I'm like, shh, Josiah, and he's laughing and giggling. I'm like, how can you hide when you're laughing and giggling over here? You got to hide. But what happened is they became self-conscious because they had done something wrong, because their way was better than God's way, and they decided to step out and do something just a little bit wrong, and they became self-conscious and they hid. The next thing is that they tried to defend themselves or they tried to excuse and defend themselves. Um, uh, oh, um, I was just going to do it a little bit. Maybe just a little. I was just going to try it one time. Maybe I was just, I mean, if I just, just a little bit, just, you know, I, come on, I've had a hard life. Life is really difficult. I, I really needed this. Are you with me? So I just want us to bring it back to how they broke their relationship with God. If we can see from the very beginning how their relationship broke with God, then maybe we can realize and under, uh, understand and identify how the enemy wants us 
to break our relationship with God. Are y'all getting this? Okay. If he wants us to take our relationship and think we know everything about this word, the ins and outs, we know everything that God intended in this word, then we're obviously smarter than God. Are you with me? I don't know. I don't know those that have studied this word for however long they lived, hundreds of years. I don't know as if they really understood the word. Are you with me? And there are places at times where we come into knowledge and we come into understanding and we begin to walk in the revelation of God and then we have to make adjustments in our life to line up with what God wants to do. So if I took this, this relationship that Adam and Eve had with God and they broke this relationship because they, can, they were convinced that our ways are better than God's ways, the enemy convinced Eve that if she ate from that tree that she would be just like God? Or did he convince her that God was holding something out on her? Didn't he say, you can eat from all the trees in the garden except the knowledge of the, the tree of the knowledge and good of evil? There were two trees in the middle of that garden. And the knowledge of good and evil was in there, and there was another tree next to it. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. But she was convinced that, hey, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be like God. And my way will become like God's way or better than God's way or even even with God's way. But then that relationship was broken. Then they were self-conscious, and they began to hide. Why are we hiding? Eve didn't hide from Adam. Adam didn't hide from Eve, but they hid from God. And a lot of times we think, well, God can't see us because I'm not in church tonight, so I'm going to slip out and, and, and do whatever I want to do when I want to do it, and God really can't see me. <laughs> but they knew it was him as he walked through the cool in the evening in the garden. And then this relationship broke and then they began to try to make excuses. Um, um, I just didn't know a whole lot about the Word of God, so, you know, I, I just didn't seek you, Lord. Um, I, I had a brother one time, and he loved you, but he was kind of wacky, so I didn't want to be wacky, God. Are you with me? How many excuses do we make from being obedient to what God wants to do in our lives? How many excuses do we make for not wanting to serve or live for him? It's not uncommon. I could look at there and say, I've made a bunch of excuses. Anybody else made some excuses? Maybe it's just me. If it is, I just, just preach to me. Made excuses why I didn't do this or didn't do that or should have done this or could have done that. So how about if we took those steps and we reversed them? How about if we reversed them? So if we say that's how to tear down a relationship with God, then what about if we reversed them and began to say, how do I build a relationship with God? Is that all right? Okay, so if we took that first one, what about, well, here, here's the last one. How about if we, let's, you probably don't have those, do you? Okay, go back to the ones that you just took off the screen. What about if we re reverse them? What about if we said, uh, let's start at the last one. They tried to excuse and defend themselves. 
What about if we took that and we reversed it and we started stop dropping excuses? Let's quit making excuses for why we don't do what we should do. You know what that is? That's taking responsibility. Well, you know what? I was uh, driving down the street the other day after I went to the bar and I got a DUI. Now I've been thrown in jail and somebody's going to bond me out and it's really not my fault. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't realize that somebody hogtied you, poured that down your throat, and then got you behind the wheel and let you drive down the street. Are you with me? Time and time again, I hear people making excuses. And what if, if that broke the relationship with God, then maybe we need to fess up and say, you know what, God, you caught me. I love it when somebody messes up and takes responsibility and says, I'm no longer going to go there again. I'll take the responsibility. I'll take the consequences. Let me walk out it. I talked to somebody one time, and they were really had a difficult time in their life. They were in a difficult season, but they were walking out consequences of some of their earlier actions, and they said, it's okay because I'm fixing to walk into some new stuff. So wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, you can walk out of it. Doesn't mean there still won't be consequences to it, but you can still walk out of it. Turn to your neighbor and say, go ahead and walk out. Maybe we should not hide from God. (laughs) Maybe we should quit hiding from God. (laughs) Pastor knocks on the door. Oh, it's the pastor. I don't want to see the pastor. What about God? He sees it all. Maybe we could, let's, if we're going to build our relationship with God, then let's not hide from God. So if I'm going to build my relationship with God, I'm going to take, I'm going to take accountability. I'm, I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to do better. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk better. Okay, I'm going to read one more time. Okay, I'm going to listen one more time. Okay, I'm going to pray a little bit more. Okay, I'm going to forgive one more time. I don't know about you, but somebody says just forget it and go on. You can't forget it. Psychologically, you can't forget. 99.9% of the time, you aren't going to forget. There's something in your psychic that's going to be able to recall that thing. It's like a movie that can be replayed. There it is. But you know what? Although the things I can't forget, they don't have a hold on me any longer because I've quit making excuses for it and said, I'm going to take responsibility. That I did in the past. That was then. This is now. Can I get an amen? So we've got to walk out those things. So not only do we, let's quit hiding from God. And how about if we really become convinced that God's way is the best way? God, have your way. Say that. God, have your way. Say it again. God, have your way. One more time. God, have your way. Well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this. Well, that's all about you. But what about God having his way? Well, you know, I know a little better about the economy, God, than you do. (laughs) I really know what's going on. I know about the old business. I've been in the old business since 1932. I've seen this thing cycle back around. I know all about it. You might know about it, but you may not know about God. We got to be so convinced that our relationship with God is that we've got to know God in a greater measure. 
So if these things broke our relationship with God, let's reverse those steps. Let's come back in and say, God, your ways are the best ways. Let's come back in and say, you know what? I'm not going to hide from you, God. Here I am. I have messed up, but I'm, I'm willing to say, God, forgive me so I can now get up and move on. Because sometimes people allow their past to hold them into their present and not allow them to go into their future. you got to let the former things go and behold, walk in the new things of God and say, God, I'm not hiding anymore. There's some of you that are hiding from people that maybe you don't want to cross their path because you had an issue with them before. You no longer have to worry about that. Don't hide any longer. Come out in the righteousness and the holiness of God. And if you see him, say, hey, brother, hey, sister, how you doing? Family members, friends, you won't even go to, to a reunions because you don't want to see Aunt Martha. Maybe you need to go back to Aunt Martha and say, Aunt Martha, I don't know what happened 20 years ago. I'm sorry about what happened 20 years ago, but I'm going to move forward and not avoid Aunt Martha, but begin to say, hey, I am not hiding any longer. I'm going to walk with the things of God in my life life, no matter whether Aunt Martha or Uncle Fred or Aunt Gert or somebody else doesn't like it, you're going to serve God and not hide anymore. Can I get an amen? See, we've got a lot of believers that just want to hide. Closet Christianity or camellia Christians, they just change with whatever is going on. You know, like a chameleon can change colors depending on the plant that it's on. Or maybe we just need to get to the place where, you know what, I'm not going to defend myself, God. We have been in a place where we're not going to defend ourselves. Jesus didn't go around defending himself and everybody that said everything about him. (laughs) God, I can't defend myself, God. You got to defend me, Lord. Do you hear from the Lord? Absolutely. Do you mess up? Absolutely. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. Do I stumble and fall? Absolutely. But do I get back up? Absolutely. Do I keep going? Absolutely. Do I take another step even when I don't feel like stepping? Absolutely. Do I forgive one more time? Absolutely. Do I bless one more time? Absolutely. I want to get here. Let's, let, let's, let's look at verses 13 through 24. and let, Let's just read through these. You have to understand that he was coming against knowledge. He was coming against information. When he said, did God really say? He was coming against the information that she was giving. He was coming against the knowledge. Who told Eve? The, God told Eve, don't eat from that. Now Satan comes in and says, did he really say, don't eat from that? Did you not hear him correctly? Was there cotton balls in your ear? Were you not paying attention? He doesn't want you to eat from that. He's withholding you. I'm telling you, God is not withholding anything from you. Go ahead. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. Ooh, stop right there. Do you know why the devil hates women? This scripture right here. Women got the power over the enemy. Are you with me? He said, I will put enmity. That that word literally means... 
hatred, hostility between their seed and your seed. Between you and the woman. Are you with me? He, between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. He's talking about, we know he's talking about Jesus. Verse 16. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In, your, in pain, you will bring forth children. And yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed, clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Do you see what happened? From verse 21 on, God places angels outside the garden with flaming swords. I bet that was a sight. Do you know why? So he couldn't enter back in and get to the tree of life. Because if he got to the tree of life, he was in a sinful state and there would be no redemption for mankind. Can we just look at the word? Listen to this. The Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. And God said, Behold, man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil and how he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. If he was in a sin state and got to the tree of life, that's how he would have lived forever. Are you with me? If I have a broken arm and got to the tree of life, I would spend eternity with a broken arm. Do you all see this? This is just an addition. It really hasn't anything to do with my message, but I just thought it's cool. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden and cultivated the ground from which was taken, and he drove man out in the east of the garden. He stationed the cherubim with flaming swords that turned in every direction to guard the tree of life. You can't get to the tree of life. You can't get to the tree of life in that sin state. Can I give you, God, can I give you Satan's plan, and then I'll give you God's plan. Write this down. Number one, Satan's plan. His Satan's plan was doubt. He came to Eve and he began to have her doubt what God said. Have you ever doubted God's goodness? Don't doubt it. Does God really want to be good to me? 
That's what he did. Not only did he talk about doubt, he, he came with discouragement. How many of you have ever dealt with discouragement? You look at your problems, and your problems are greater than what you think God is. So he comes with doubt. He comes against the word of God. Did God really say? Is he really who he says he is in your life? Then he comes with discouragement, and you get discouraged. Because when we get discouraged, the people that quit have always been discouraged before they quit. Quitters, the first step of quitters is discouragement, and it leads to quitting. Leads you from doubt into discouragement, and then you quit. Don't look at your problems, but look at how big God is. Let's quit looking at how big the problem is. We need to start looking at it like Jesus did. He said, that's a mountain. Move. (laughs) Move. I said, move. That's what he said. Looked at a mountain, say, be thy removed, cast yourself in the sea. Get out of my way is modern day vernacular. Get out of my way. Move it or lose it, Mr. Mountain. The third thing is diversion or deception. The enemy makes the wrong seem so attractive. He makes the wrong seem so attractive. So you'll want to do more of the wrong things than you will of the right things. You'll make the wrong attractive and you'll want to do that instead of doing what's right. Because sometimes, most of the time, not all the time, doing the right thing can be the hard thing. Doing the right thing can be the hard thing. It's easier not to forgive somebody than it is to release forgiveness to them. This is good. Anybody getting something here? The fourth thing is defeat. He makes you feel like a failure. So guess what you don't even do? You don't even try. You get to the point where you just say, I'm just defeated. And somebody comes along and says, you can do it, man. And you go, I don't think so. I'm just defeated. And then you don't even try. And you don't know because God is right here. Right behind you. And you never turn and look. You never see because you're defeated. Are you with me? Doubt, discouragement, diversion, defeat, and delay. These are three D's. doesn't work in Spanish, but it works in English, or the five D's. Delay makes you put off something so that it never gets done. Makes you put it off and it'll never get done. Put it off and it'll never get done. And every time you see it, you always think, gosh, I should have done that last week, last month, last year. I should have got that out of the way. There are times where I've delayed on doing things 
that I thought it would take Martin two hours to do it. My wife was wanting it done. She'd been wanting it done for six months. And I've delayed and delayed and delayed. And then finally, I say, I can do it. (laughs) And I get it and do it, and it takes 10 minutes instead of two hours. Now, there are some things where I've delayed and thought it was going to take two hours, four hours. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But the enemy, his plan is to bring doubt in your life, to bring discouragement or diversion, get you diverted, defeated, and delayed. We're going to touch base into this, and I can't finish this all tonight, but next week we'll jump into God's plan. But let me give you some of God's plan, can I? God's plan for your life is faith. Say faith. God's plan for your life is for you to have faith. You walk by faith, not by sight. When I come in here and I drive to this church, I drive here getting ready to preach the word of God by faith that you'll come to hear it. Do you know how many times I can leave the house and the devil says, you're going to pull up and nobody's going to be there. He's a liar. You're not really making a difference. He's a liar. God's plan is faith. The next thing God's plan is, is belief. Say belief. Belief mixed with faith, mixed with all of these things that we're going to give you in God's plan is going to be an explosion. You talk about some TNT, some dynamite. I'm flashing back to my childhood when that was that big tall dude dynamite jimmy walker yeah yeah dynamite not only is god's plan faith god's plans belief but god's plan for you is hope 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 The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. You know what makes the heart sick? Hope deferred. We'll get into some of that. Hope. Say hope. So not only faith, not only belief, not only hope, but perseverance. God's plan is for you to persevere. I'm telling you, Christianity, being a believer of Jesus Christ is not for the faint of heart. Do you know why not everybody is doing it? Because it takes some perseverance in the midst of it. It takes some faith in the midst of it. It takes some belief in the midst of it. It takes some hope in the midst of it. It takes perseverance. Paul said, you've got to continue to persevere. You've got to run that race and keep it running that race and keep it running, 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 running. Run for us, run. You've got to run and run and run and run and run in a way that you get the prize. Oh, that's God's plan. Say, that's God's plan. Tell your neighbor, that's God's plan. That's God's plan. Not only is there perseverance, let me give you a couple more things. Victory. Do you know God's plan is V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. I like that part. I like the girls when they do that other part. I like the guys when we do it. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Hmm. 
Well, maybe that's how they did it back east. Y'all did that here? Y'all are awesome. You probably did it here before we did it back there. Because y'all was walking in victory before we were walking in victory. Come on, somebody. God's plan for us is victory. Kind of makes me feel good. Not only is it faith, not only is it belief, not only is it hope, not only is it perseverance, not only is it victory, but God's plan for us is promises. The promise. You look through the scriptures and he promised a way to reconcile mankind to God. If he didn't have the cherubs in the Garden of Eden holding back Adam so he couldn't enter back into the Garden or Eve, enter back into the Garden and get to the Tree of Life, we would never have been able to have Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's the promise. Who's the promise? Everybody. Everybody. That's, that's the promise. There was God's plan. From the very beginning of the foundation of the earth, he set that in place. And he gave a free will, a choice for you to accept him or deny him. And you, you, you deny him and you know what you operate in? You operate in doubt. You operate in discouragement. You operate in diversion or you operate in defeat and you operate in delay. You operate in the kingdom of the dark. You operate in what the enemy wants. But no, no, I accept him, and I believe him, and I'm going to walk with him. And then he says, here, my plan for you is now faith. My plan for you is now belief. My plan for you is now hope. My plan for you is now perseverance. My plan for you was not defeat. It's not delay. It's victory. Somebody needs to say victory. I mean, we're going to have some victory up in here is what I'm telling you. There is victory in the house tonight. There is victory in the morning. You know, things might have not gone your way today, but God said there are new mercies every single morning. There is new stuff, not some leftover spaghetti. (laughs) Not some leftover stuff. There's some new stuff waiting on you in the morning. Come on, give the Lord some praise in the house. Amen. So we're going to take a few weeks and we're just going to dig into what God's plan is for your life. God's plan is the promises that he's given you. Are you here tonight and you've had promises that God has given? I'm here to tell you tonight that the deal is still on. The deal is still on. A lot of times we don't think because what we've been through and where we're going and the issues that we had to deal with that God cannot use us. God can use each and every one of us. And that's the promise that he's given us. Amen. Stand to your feet tonight.